fans, and welcome to the third edition of the PhD Podcast. I am Mitch. I will be taking you through this tour of Pittsburgh-based hockey for this week. Of course, this will be the August 29th edition of the PhD Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. And if you're hearing a little bit of extra stuff going on behind me and through the microphone, it's a beautiful Tuesday night where I'm recording, and I'm actually sitting out on the porch right now, enjoying this beautiful weather before it starts to turn to hockey weather, and I can't wait for that. We've got a big show today. We're going to talk with Andrew Wisniewski. He is our features writer. He covers a lot of our Robert Morris and local players uh, features for us. And he's going to be talking about your big-time draft picks for the Canadian Women's Hockey League coming from Robert Morris. Of course, I'm referring to Brittany Howard, Elijah Milne-Price, and Nat Frazier were all selected this past weekend in the big draft, making their pro debuts this season. And we're going to speak with him about that for a little bit. Um, I was in the rink with the... Pittsburgh Penguins Elite and the Pittsburgh Predators this past week. So we'll talk a little bit of hockey about Midget Major, and we're going to try to expand upon that this year. I'll try to touch base on that a little bit later. I've got three interviews with with players. To, of course, two of them play cross with the PIHL. The third is a brother of a player that has gone through the system and is now playing collegially. I'm referring to Riley Cooley. And... Uh, of course, we have captain of the Pittsburgh Predators. That will be Wyatt George. He's coming on to talk to us. He is also playing for Mount Lebanon this season in AAA. And one of his teammates and opponents is going to be J.C. Bell. J.C. Bell, of course, plays for the Bethel Park Blackhawks. And I'm really interested in seeing that dynamic because those two like the go back and forth about that scoring title this upcoming season. I mean, there's, a, there's nine teams in AAA, but why George is coming off two consecutive titles, of course, the AA title and the AAA title. He scored a AA title before they moved up this past season at, with Mount Lebanon. And we, Riley Cooley, of course, he just went through the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins elite program. However, is the brother of Eric Coley, now of Niagara University, going into his sophomore season. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about how he's preparing for his juniors, his uh, run at juniors. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the St. Margaret's tournament. We finally got a schedule for that. I know uh, the big thing was that the PIHL did not have their website updated anywhere that I was able to look for it. Uh, that was a little bit on me. I was been trying to find information on what teams are in it, where we're looking for the you know, the games at, what time the games are, how many games in a night. It, it's going to be a great tournament every year. They put on a very, very, very good show. Uh, defending champions, I believe, are Pine Richland. Uh, two years ago, it was uh, Greater Latrobe. So we're going to see how it plays out for those guys. I'm going to be in the rink twice for that tournament. I believe I'm going to do a podcast recording on the Tuesday week games during that week and then another recording during championship night. It'll be between the the championship and the, uh, I believe it will be between the championship, the semifinals and the championship game. I'm sorry. It's, uh, like I said, I'm sitting outside. It's been a long couple weeks. We're getting back in the hockey, and I'm just getting excited. I've got tabs open all over my computer. Um, so with that being said, let's get started. On the agenda first for tonight, we're going to discuss a little bit of these midget majors and these we're talking, you know, Penn's Elite. We're going to talk a little bit of Pittsburgh Predators, and we're going to talk a little bit of the S-Mark Stars. I mean, these are teams that we didn't get a chance to cover a lot last year, and that is a little bit due to the fact that we were a little shorthanded. We had, you know, we were trying to figure out our legs and see where our our demographic would end up, and it seems to me like this is something the next logical step would become. And, of course, I, try, I took the advantage of the Pittsburgh Predators and the Penn's Elite playing each other, in that tour, in the two games this past weekend, I was there on Sunday, and just to get to see the players, get to know, you know, the styles that these new teams are. Of course, now there's a new new captain. I'm sorry, a new uh, head coach on the Peng for the Penguins Elite. Uh, of course, the Predators. You're talking about Klepkowski, who is a legend when it comes to local hockey. You got a guy who's played 
professionally, and it's it's awesome. And I know you remember talking to Hayden Hintenmeyer two weeks ago. That's the guy that he actually trained with. So the guy like Klefkowski is doing a lot of work with young players, and it's great to get out and see the the, Pen- the Pittsburgh Predators. They were able to throw me a couple interviews with them. We're going to speak with a couple of their players. And we're going to continue to try to build upon this. I'm going to just give you some updates from the S-Mark stars. I have a couple uh, requests out to the stars. Maybe I'm going to head out and see them. They're going to play the Predators in a couple weeks. I might head up to Pittsburgh Ice Arena and check that out. And I believe it's either at Pittsburgh Ice Arena or it's going to be at uh, down at the Ice Castle. And I will be at either of those because I'm planning on going to see the S-Mark stars a lot more this year. Uh, I had a conversation. We'll talk about this later in the I'm Upset segment. Uh, conversation this past weekend with with one of the uh, S-Mark stars. Uh, I guess it's the parents. And I want to expand my relationship with these midget major teams. So let's get started. We're going to start with the Pittsburgh Penguins elite. I have a roster. I have you know their crossover and see how it played. Pittsburgh Penguins elite is our, our normal, you know, your your tier one elite team in the city. They play out of the UPMC 66 in uh, Cranberry Township. Their head coach this year is a new head coach. Uh, it was uh, Quinn. He he of course was able left to go back to Quaker Valley. So Milo Cermak is your new head coach on the at the uh, UPMC 66 on uh, Sports Complex. They've got a, a quite a few new faces for this team. This year, um, some that you've seen before, some that you have you've heard of. If you pay attention to the to the high school levels, I'm looking at you know I've noticed Adamski. Adamski, he is uh, of course from Hampton, and then you're getting Riley Cooley, who is basically the guy we're gonna have an interview with later, the son, the brother of Eric Cooley, and Tyler Draper is another player that I've that I remember seeing. I believe he plays for North Hills. I may be 100% wrong on that. I may not. Uh, I do make mistakes. I see names, and I you know, I run with it. I believe he played for North Hills, though. And we are talking about a new thing there, but it's the same idea. They're, they're developing their players to move on and play in these. This is Tier 1 Elite, so they're playing against a lot of the top teams in the nation right now. And the turnover from last year was a pretty solid one. That's what you're going to see in your U18, U16 levels. Of course, people are moving on to play juniors. Uh, we're talking Matt Krieger. We're going to talk a lot about Roman Kramer this year. I mean, that's a Berg Hockey original right there. He's, you know, the Sarah Catholic to the Penguins elite. And then he went on to play for the Johnstown Tomahawks. He just committed to Robert Morris. So he's going to be around for a very long time in Western Pennsylvania. And because we're only coming into our third year coming up, you know he's been around for all of it, and that's just something one of our first stories that we're bringing on. And you can tag somebody like Luke Lynch into that, and a couple other players that have gotten, you know, that been tr- that were trained here, played around here, lived here, and we're trying to build that Berg hockey. And this is how it happens. And you're talking about, uh, you know, these type of players, and you get Christian Wong Ramos, amazing amazing talent in net for them. It's going to be a great season at UPMC 66. Of course, you're talking two years ago. This was the These were the national champions. And the it's definitely going to be a learning curve with the new players, but they look like they've put it all together so far. And they didn't miss a beat with the changeover. And we're going to see how they, they play coming up. Um, we're going to cut across to the Predators now course out of Ice Castle we're looking at a lot of the players a lot of these players you'll see on f- our Facebook live feeds uh, you have a lot of the Peters Township kids uh, a lot of these guys who have won state championship two years ago for Peters are playing on this team I'm of course referring to Anthos and you've got Lupe and is that Lappy? I, I'll probably get yelled at by Matt Geica for that. He's the one that does it. Uh, Tori Schwartz, Alex Wilbert. A lot of names that you're familiar with. But you also have standouts such as Jared Gerger and J.C. Bell, who we'll talk to later. And, of course, the, the two-time, two different uh, classification champ, uh, scoring champ, Wyatt George. And 
in net they have of course Wilberts in net for them. So this is another team that you have to look out for. They they're the defending champions of course the of their respective league. So it's something that you're going to look at as another team that's going to be big and they they held in with the elite team. Like it's it's definitely an even level playing field for these teams. It's not like one team's going to be destroying the other. I mean, they lost, the games were 6-4 Penguins Elite on Friday and 3-0 Penguins Elite on Saturday. I mean, I'm sorry, on Saturday and Sunday. But the games were a lot closer than what the scoreboard shows. The Predators were in that game, maybe outplayed Elite a lot more than it would have shown on the scoreboard. And it was great to get out there. There were pictures up from the games. I've, like I said, talked to a couple of the players after this. And... The, we moved to the S Mark Stars out of the Pittsburgh Ice Arena up in, of course, Burl right now and New Kent area. We've got a little bit of information coming in from them. I've reached out to them, so we're going to see how it plays out. And they have quite a few alumni moving along, and that's what I wanted to touch with them while we had the time. Uh, the S Mark Stars, of course, uh, they had a couple U18s signed last year. By a couple, I mean six signed in the North American Hockey League last year, the NAHL. And two stayed local. Ethan Webb and Andrew Murphy stayed with Johnstown. And then Blake Rossi, the Latrobe standout, went to Amarillo. And the, his teammate, Jared Schmizzy from Latrobe, he went to Fairbanks along with Parker Brown. And then you look at Hilsendanger, he signed with Kenai River. So you have six players come from that team to play the N in the NAHL. And, of course, we're not even talking about Michael Lamison signing with the Chatham Cougars of Division III uh, NCAA, their second season up at Frozen Pond. Uh, they're definitely picking up a big player there. You're looking at, of course, Alec Singley signing with the Ohio Bobcats of the ACHA. And then we're, we've even buried the big lead, of course, was the dra NHL draft selection of Jake Kucharski, uh played with the S-Mark Stars within the, for their U16 program from 15-16, of course, posting a 177 goals against average, a 917 save percentage. And he is definitely one of those prospects you have to look out for. He is seventh round selection for the Carolina Hurricanes, and it'll be a definite another another person to be added to that list. Uh, of course, in the release from the Stars, they mentioned Grant Lewis of the 2004 draft in the second round was selected there, and Miles Liberati in the 2013 round was selected out of the S Mark Stars. So they're definitely getting a lot of talent up there at Pittsburgh Ice Arena, and I hope to be able to get up there and cover them here real soon. We're going to get there. Like I just told you, I had a hard time because I didn't even know that PIHL changed their website until recently, and I found that out today to find the St. Margaret's information. And we're going to slide into that next here whenever we get through it because I want to talk about these players that I got interviews with. And that's a situation that we're going to I want to try to address because as we move on we want to help everybody be able to connect with the Pittsburgh based hockey scene we want to be able to have you be able to find a place where you can talk about hockey and connect with us and connect with your play you know your favorite players and we want to have that ability for everybody to be tied in and do what they want um and that's you can do that. You can find us on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest. Me at PhD underscore Mitch. You're gonna talk to Andrew Wisniewski later. You'll be able to find him. You want to talk Robert Morris hockey? You're gonna find Gary Heeman. You're gonna be able to talk to myself about the women's team. You're gonna be able to talk to you know, Ed Major second if you really feel like you're necessarily wanting to do that about Double A PIHL and ACHA hockey. That's not it. That's a shot at you, Ed. I'm sorry. That was a fun one. You're going to listen to that, and you're going to be angry with me, but whatever. It's cool. You're going to be on every once in a while with me on that. And you're going to want to talk to these guys because they're they're out there covering for us. They're actually in the ranks doing things and bringing 
us a little bit more of an umbrella for you guys to be able to check out and see, oh, man, we have this stuff going on. This is all awesome going around this area. We've got all these players that are going out and doing great things, and that's what we're trying to push with. We're going to talk about that later, especially with the CWHL draftees from Robert Morris. You know, a lot of them you would look at and you'd, you'd look on the sheet, score sheet and you were like, well, why would they be drafted in that league? And you didn't actually know what they what it took for them to get to where they are. And it, it speaks volumes for their character and how they're being trained in this city. So um, with that being said, I want to open up the first interview. It's going to be with, of course, Wyatt George, the captain of the Pittsburgh Predators. Now, Wyatt George, I touched on it twice already is the two-time defending scoring champion in any classification that he's played in one as a sophomore and as a junior he's going into his final senior year at Mount Lebanon High School going to be playing in triple a this year um, was kind of excited about getting ready to get back out on the ice when, when I spoke with him when he played for the Predators so uh, just a, this is a guy that I actually started to cover two years ago and one of my first articles was about Wyatt George and I've watched him progress as a player as he continued to grow as a full player. And he's moved from just that natural scorer. Like right now, his career in 55 PIHL games, he scored 55 goals. He, he's a goal-a-game scorer. He's over a goal-a-game scorer in the midget major level. I mean, you're talking about a pure goal scorer. So to be able to watch that progress and see where he goes next is going to be, you know, that's great for everybody because you're seeing that build and with that being said here is Wyatt George of the Pittsburgh Predators and Mount Lebanon High School Blue Devils how's it going Wyatt pretty good and, all right I uh, long term with the uh, Pittsburgh Predators uh, a couple years here I was just uh, looking up your stats you're putting up the numbers in these in the NJPHL, also along with the PIHL. How how did what are you preparing for? How are you preparing to get to that point? Um, just by basically playing the same way uh, for Lebo and Predators. Uh, my coach Gary Klapkowski really focuses on that by not changing your game, just from going one team to another, and just bringing that intensity every day in that drive. Okay. Uh, now speaking of your coach Gary Klapkowski. Um, his name pops up a lot whenever we're talking. A lot of guys yeah, yeah. train with him. I mean, what is it like to have somebody who has that experience? Yeah, it's, uh, it's great because he, he's been through it. He knows what he's talking about. So he really, like, helps along the way and what to do on the ice, what to do off the ice. Uh, he was a goal scorer, uh, just like me, so mm -hmm. he really knows how to get in those spaces and teaches me a lot on uh, positioning and all that. Okay, now speaking of <laughs> that goal scoring, that's the one thing I was going to Right now you're at a goal a game pace in, in the uh, high school level at Mount Lebanon. Um, Mount Lebanon, of course, took the jump from double A to triple A last season. How did how'd that work out for you guys as a team to prepare for that, and how did you prepare for that? Uh, as a team, it really uh, showed how we have to become stronger as a team and uh, really focus on our energy and keeping that drive up and almost – like put it up a tick to really like help ourselves out and really get that drive going. Okay. Now, speaking of, I'm gonna cut this out because I I need to double check something. You brought that goal scoring back over to the Predators. Now, how or what is the plan for Wyatt George going forward after this season? Um, basically trying to go play juniors. Uh. Anywhere, wherever I get offers, I have a few on the table, but um, I just want to really want to keep playing hockey as long as I can at okay. the highest level. I interviewed you a couple years ago whenever you were a sophomore at Mount Lebanon. You were absolutely lighting up the score sheet, and I figured I need to get an interview with this kid and see how he plays out. In those two years, what has happened with Wyatt George where he has become to where he is now? What have you changed? Is there anything that you've tweaked and made your game a lot better? Um... Really just getting bigger and faster and trying to keep up with the play uh, from that jump to double-A to triple-A, like you said. Um, just trying to get faster and bigger and really keep up with the competition and really focus on like my shot and my accuracy and my size overall. Yeah. I have to ask you guys about you about uh, the All-Star game last year. You guys put on quite a show there yeah. last year. Uh, <laughs> 
the goal scoring celebrations. Yeah. How did you guys come up with that? Um, uh, my buddy from last year who played with us, uh, Jake Deemer. Okay. Um, he really came up with those in between the intermission. Uh, between the second and the third, we came around and we're like, we really want to start scoring goals. So we just started making up uh, celebrations for what to do on the first, second, third, and just keep going from that, there. That's a pretty good motivator, yeah. you know, <laughs> to be able to go out there and, you know, you're kicking field goals. Yeah. And doing. Oh. That was an amazing time. Well, Wyatt, I thank you for coming on, and good luck this season. I'll be seeing you at Mount Lebanon. So hopefully here sometime soon, early in the season. Yeah. So good luck in AAA. Try to go for the third straight scoring title this year. That's Wyatt George. If you want to see Wyatt George in action on his tear to go for three straight scoring titles, you can check it out at the Mount Lebanon Rec Center. That is October 1st, 7, 10 p.m., they will be hosting the Pittsburgh Central Catholic Vikings. It is the opening day for the PIHL, and check them out. You will not be disappointed. High school hockey is a lot of fun to watch, and we're going to move forward to one of his teammates and his opponents in this upcoming season. It will be J.C. Bell. J.C. Bell, of course, uh, we were talking before the interview, and he kind of opened the challenge to Wyatt George, and it, it was funny to hear no, going back and forth. But then I looked at Bell's numbers, and he, he's not that far off of George's pace. I mean, career numbers maybe a little bit, but he's over, he's almost a goal a game in his junior year. He was over a point a game through his second and third, through his sophomore and junior years. So, and he's got 10 goals in 19 games for the Predators last season. So, something to look at is going to be a fun little AAA matchup there. I mean, there are plenty of other players in AAA, but whenever one player calls out another before an interview, it's going to be an entertaining uh, situation to be on. And we're going to talk a little bit about how he, you know, what's it like to actually be able to play in the only rink that you have to yourselves. <laughs> and that's, of course, Bethel Park has their own rink on campus, so it's a little bit easier to get to than a lot of other places. And here he is, J.C. Bell. All right, I'm here now with J.C. Bell, Pittsburgh Predators forward. How you doing, J.C.? Good. How are you doing today? Uh, we were just uh, talking to Wyatt George, and we closed it out chasing the uh, third straight scoring title, and you kind of threw a little bit of a challenge out there to him. Um, talk about that a little bit, you know, that type of camaraderie amongst players and you know, that type of a joke, especially uh, your teammate as the Predators. Yeah. I mean, we've been buddies for – I mean, we've been playing together since we were 14, 12, 12 14 in that range. And it's just been me back and forth with him going for scoring in there. So it just brings that compete back to high school. So you guys train together. You yeah. guys do things like that so you guys know each other well. Um, all right, so you play for Bethel Park. And, you know, the last couple years, I'm looking at your stats now, you've, you've definitely improved every couple years on top of. And you're along those lines, as he was saying, with the goal scoring. And you're not, you're not just bringing the, the helpers to the table, but you're also you're, you're still dishing mm -hmm. them out. But you're leading with your goal scoring for the most part. Um, how hard is that in the AAA level? It's it's a tough division to be able to the classification I to mean, be able to play Yeah, for sure. Um, especially as a jump from my freshman year. I mean, I wasn't producing, playing on the fourth line, going into my sophomore year. I finally started to be able to put the puck in the net. And then last year I just had a bit of a breakout with goal scoring, uh, being able to use my teammates uh, to give them the puck and have, it, have them give it back to me. And it just went from there. All right, now making that type of a jump, because I mean, seeing from year one to year two, you played the same amount of games. You scored eight more goals from freshman year to your sophomore year, and then seven more goals from sophomore to junior. Is there a training regiment that you put into play? Is there something that you've done, you worked on that got you to that point? I mean, I definitely work on my shot. Um, from a young age, my dad's told me to shoot 100 pucks a day. I mean, I may not get to that every day, but I sure try to shoot as many as I can. Um, I've worked on my hands a lot just to try and be able to get open, create space to get that shot off, and that's helped me become a better goal scorer. Okay, now your time with the Pittsburgh Predators, how has that helped you grow as a, an overall hockey player and going back to the PIHL or you know any other level that you're playing mm -hmm. in? Um, it's definitely taught me how to use the space that I'm given and how to create space and that space closes quickly when guys are on you, especially at a high school level, especially at a triple-A level. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming out from like a triple-A game like today, 
-hmm. it's a lot it's a lot easier to go back to high school because it's they're not as on you as fast and that gives me more space and I'm able to create opportunities. All right, Bethel Park. You finished about middle of the pack last year, if I remember correctly. Um, going into this season, of course, Plum moving back down to Double A. You're in a nine-team conference. How does the team preparing for this up upcoming season? What's the outlook for Bethel Park right uh, now? I mean, we're definitely looking at a lot at uh, Peters and Cannon Mac as we play them three times this year instead of two. So they're they're the top of our priority list, mm -hmm. especially playing them early in the season. But um, we just take it the same way every year. We got to look at uh, game by game, one at a time, before we get to the playoffs, before we can even start to think about a Penn's Cup or state championship. Being the only team that has their own rink, is that an advantage for you guys? You don't share the ice with a lot of other, uh, you know, with any other high school teams, or is that an advantage for you guys? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've practiced every day of the week since my freshman year. I think we're going back down to four days, but even then, we're still out there right after school. Our school high school is right there. We walk mm -hmm. right over to the rink and we just practice from about three to five when we just get going. And I'm noticing that you guys have a ridiculous, you guys don't take penalties down there at Bethel Park. No, that's a, that's a big no-no in Bethel Park. Definitely something that they have to work on. Well, JC, I appreciate you guys You guys coming on. You coming on. I don't know you guys. I had Wyatt here for yeah. a second, so I'm a little bit confused, but Good luck this season chasing Wyatt and see what. Yeah, thank you very much. Good luck in AAA and with Bethel Park. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Riley Cooley of the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite. Hello, everybody. Mitch here, and we are talking Mitch's Challenge. Of course, Mitch's Challenge is trying to find the best student section in the PIHL. I'm looking for all classifications. Anytime that I'm in the rink, I'm going to be paying attention to some. A lot of the action, but also the student sections, because I want to see the, what you guys got out there. I want to see a very rowdy section. I want to see some sections that are having a good time. I want to see you guys do everything short of getting thrown out, anything that could actually stop or harm the game. Bring your signs. Get that face paint on. Have a good time. At the end of the season, whenever I decide who wins Mitch's challenge, they might get something out of it. We're still working on the details for it, but I definitely want to see your best out there. So I don't care who it is, classification, single A, double A, triple A, D2. Bring out your best when I'm in the rink, and we will see you in the rink. And of course, we threw that in there. It is the PIHL. It is Mitch's challenge. I want to see those student sections. We can get them started at St. Margaret's. I will tell you what's going on in a couple minutes about that. We'll, we'll have a nice little conversation about that. But to move along, uh, Riley Cooley, we're referring to the young man playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite. He is a second-year player for them. And he is the brother of Eric Cooley, who also was only brought up through the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite program. Uh, the details in that, basically, you know, you look at it and you're like, you got a younger brother of a guy who's gone through the system, played a season in the NAHL. He didn't exactly, he wasn't a high scorer, but he definitely played a lot of good situational hockey. And, you know, moved on to Niagara this past year. We were able to catch him in his actually his collegiate debut. He scored his first career point in that game. I believe it was on a goal in the second or third period. I can't remember which one at this time. I'm looking up the stats right now. It was on a goal by Keegan Harper, and it was the third goal of the game in the third period. So, you know, being able to talk to the younger the younger brothers of players that have moved on and see what they've meant to how their development's going is nice, and I do believe they have another younger brother that is through that system also. So, and they're out of uh, they're out of the. Uh, ooh, I believe they are out of West Mifflin. West Mifflin is where he's at. So, here we go. Here is Riley. All right, we are here with R Riley Cooley, Pittsburgh Penguins Elite U18. How's it going, Riley? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm all right. Hey, so we just watched you guys defeat the Pittsburgh Predators 3-0. Uh, 
good game out there. I just want to talk about Riley Cooley, the player. I mean, he's come up through the U16 ranks, U18 ranks. What has, uh, going through just the midget major system that the Pittsburgh Penguins have brought forth, been to you? Oh, it's been great. Uh, we had the state-of-the-art uh, gym. The rink is unbelievable. And, you know, what made me a great hockey player is all the coaches I've had, like, throughout the years, upstairs in the gym and on the ice. It's just been a great experience preparing me for juniors and then college. Okay, so you're talking, you're looking at juniors, possibly beyond. So right. that's the prep that you've went through. Now, talking about the last couple of years, I mean, as a U16, you watch the national championships. Right. You know, you're able to, you know, the 18s go to the national championships and such. And then you're looking at your U18 year. Of course, last year you a lot of those players came back. It wasn't as as a as a uh, rewarding year as the year prior, but you probably learned a lot from those guys. A lot of them have gone on to play in the junior ranks and such. Right. Uh, what are you bringing from that squad to this year's squad as the you know as an 18-year-old and get ready for juniors? Yeah, I learned from uh, the older guys last year how to be a leader. Like uh, just talk about the experience. Uh, you know, there's uh, bigger guys, heavier guys going after you, and like just preparing them because uh, everyone gets better and better after every year. So, all right, now your older brother Eric right. went through this system also. Uh, ended up going to Amarillo, played a season. Now he's with Niagara. How is it to you know? Have you learned a lot from him in the way of how to prepare yourself for that jump? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, like telling me junior stories and everything about like you know busting every trip and like just telling me like the whole experience like yeah it's really been uh you know preparing me and like what it's like it what it's going to be like and stuff like that it's been great he's been a good teacher and everything okay now in preparation for uh say coming into this season did you change anything that you've done in training to get you ready for this type of your the big basically this is the big season you're getting ready to prepare to try to make the jump to juniors and such Anything that you changed in your setup? Uh, my older brother Eric's really helped me. You know, he's been teaching me like different uh, exercises, stuff that he's doing, preparing for college. So I've been definitely like doing better exercises with him, and uh, yeah, definitely better prepared than ever. All right, Eric is uh, of course going to Niagara this season. Right. You'll be able to uh, watch him. He'll be at the island whenever Niagara visits Robert Morris this right. season. I hope so. Uh, you'll be able to come and check him out there. Um, Riley, I thank you for coming on with me. I wish you the best of luck yeah. for the rain of the season. All right, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to start a little bit of high school hockey. It's going to get started here, guys. St. Margaret's Tournament's right on tap. Of course, that is the fall face-off tournament, and we're looking at 16 teams this year. Pool A, you're going to see North Allegheny, Baldwin, Armstrong, Hampton. Pool B, you're going to have Seneca Valley, Bethel Park, Mars, and Shaler. In Pool C, it's going to be Pine Richland, Upper St. Clair, Montour, and Butler. And in Pool D, you have Franklin Regional, Greater Latrobe, Pittsburgh Central Catholic, and Cannon McMillan. And you're looking at a schedule now. If you're looking for it, it starts on Monday, September 10th at 5 p.m. You will have Shaler and Mars kick things off in Pool B action. They will, of course, be playing on the USA rink at Alpha Ice Complex. And every half hour, they're going to offset with another game. Seneca Valley will play Bethel Park and the European rink. Then you're going to move on. You're going to play Pine Richland, Upper St. Clair in the C bracket at 7 o'clock. At 7.30, Butler and Montour. And of course, Franklin Regional is going to play Pittsburgh Central Catholic at 9 p.m. and Greater Latrobe against Cannon McMillan at 9.30 on that Monday. Move over to Tuesday. Pool D is going to get the night off. You're going to see opening up. Pine, Richland, and Butler will open up on the USA rink at 5 p.m. Montour versus Upper St. Clair on the Europe rink at 5.30. At 7 at, on USA, Hampton and North Allegheny. A pool is getting started there. At 7.30, Baldwin, Armstrong. Armstrong, of course, you're defending AA champions. You get back to 9 o'clock at the USA rink. Mars will play Bethel Park, and at 9.30 on Europe, it'll be Seneca Valley and Shaler. That's, I will be there on that Tuesday. We will be doing a podcast recording. Anybody that's interested in maybe doing an interview or talking a little bit, feel free to come up and see me. We'll be willing to have a conversation, and we'll talk a little hockey with you. 
I'll be there all night, do some pictures, maybe do a little bit of recording, some interviews. Have a good time at all. It is hockey night. We will have a great time at Alpha. Then move on to Wednesday. Wednesday, we're going to open up with Pool D action. Franklin Regional is going to play Glarida Latrobe on the USA rink at 5. At 5.30, Cannon Mack will play Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Pool B will move on at 7 o'clock. Mars and Seneca Valley, of course, your AAA champions, will open up there. At 7.30 on a Europe rink, Shaler will play Bethel Park. And then Pool A will close things out at 9 p.m. on a USA rink, North Allegheny and Armstrong. Europe rink, it'll be Baldwin and Hampton at 9.30 on Europe. Thursday, final day of the pool play. You get Armstrong and Hampton opening up with a pool action at 5 p.m. on the USA rink. Europe rink, 5.30, Baldwin and North Allegheny. At 7 o'clock, the USA rink, Greater Latrobe and Pittsburgh Central Catholic will get D pool play underway. Europe rink at 7.30 off Franklin Regional and Cannon Macmillan. Butler will host Upper St. Clair to finish off the C pool play at 9 o'clock on the USA rink. Europe rink will have Montour and Pine Richland at 9.30. That will be the last game of the regular pool play. And then go back, go all the way to Monday. You'll have the pool A winner versus the pool B winner on the Europe rink at 5 p.m. And, of course, the USA rink will host the C pool winner and the D pool winner at the exact same time. Both of those will play each other three, four hours after that start time on the USA rink for the championship of the St. Margaret's tournament. It's always a fun tournament, a good one to get a kickstart to the league. Of course, the last couple years, last year Pine Richland won it. The year before, it was Greater Latrobe. So St. Margaret's always a good time. Can't wait to be out there. I will be out there on Tuesday, and I will be there for the championship game on Monday. Hopefully the semifinals in the championship game. Get some interviews in afterwards with the champions, get some pictures, and you know get to talk Pocky with some great people out there. I hope to see you out at Alpha Ice Complex for the St. Part Margaret's tournaments for a great cause. Please come out, support your local schools. Take part in Mitch's Challenge. If you're a local team and you, you want to get your student sections riled up before a Friday football, they want to get some practice, come out and get them some hockey action. Great tournament, great time. I hope to see you out there. I'll be in the rink two nights. St. Margaret's Tournament. And, of course, now we look and we talk about the proud coaches on the island because three Robert Morris Colonial women's hockey players were selected in the CWHL draft. Of course, those are the three from the 2018 draft class. There was also another from 2011 selected. But the big note right now, Brittany Howard taken by the Toronto Fury uh, before in their pre-draft signing stage. So definitely looking at that and if you paid any attention to any of my retweets in the last week you'll notice I'm having a little bit of fun with that they uh, kind of botched one of their graphics but we had some good time with it and they're going to definitely have a lot of chances to make that up um, then of course Elijah Millen Price, great story there, talking a player who didn't get really a shot for the first three years that she was playing on the island get, takes advantage of that opportunity now that's a feel-good story right there for any player out there that doesn't think that everything's working out for them. She definitely worked hard in practice. She definitely tried, kept her head up and, you know, and talking with a couple people, there were some situations in her. I, I would really like to see if I can get a conversation going with EJ. Uh, she's got a, a great story, and I want to see if I can get her on in the future to talk about it. But being selected by Markham of the CWHL, and that, that's... A great thing. And then the one that surprised me was the defender, Natalie Frazier. Natalie Frazier didn't really get too many opportunities her first two years that she was there. And she, like EJ, had to work for it. And she took advantage of it her junior and senior year. She probably one of the more clutch players that I've seen in a long time. She has an offensive nose, but plays a very, very, very stout defensive style and she's going to fit in well in the CWHL. Um, and I'm going to actually talk, bring somebody in now to talk about these three players 
because he knows them better than I do, than a lot of us will ever know. Of course, he was former equipment manager for the Robert Morris Colonial Women's Hockey Club and current Pittsburgh Hockey Digest feature writer. Of course, I'm talking about Andrew Wisniewski. Andy, how's your summer going, sir? Oh, well, it doesn't feel like summer, you know, working full-time, but it has been nice coming from good trips and, you know, obviously excited that it's getting closer to hockey season now. Yeah, that that's a feeling, though, you know, you, you're just getting out of college and your internships, and now you're getting those summers where you're actually, oh, wow, I actually have to work. And <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's the next step is you now there's stuff that happens in May, June, and July. So... All right, Andy, uh, of course, you know, I know, big stories over the past week. Uh, of course, we've had the uh, Canadian developmental program going on. You had uh, Welshy, Britt, and uh, JC go to that. But big news came in last week. We had a trio of Robert Morris Colonial selected in the CWHL draft. Of course, Brit- once again, Brittany Howard was selected, but Elijah Milne-Price and Nat Frazier. I mean, you got... Those three, it's it's a weird dynamic, don't you think, to have those three selected in the major draft? Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, I think it shows a couple of things. One, I think it shows the growth of that league, you know, that they're having all these teams. I mean, what, there's at least 10 rounds of that draft, which is great to see. Um, and also I think it just shows the um, the respect that Robert Morris gets, you know, on an international level as far as what type of players are coming out of that program. I mean, they've had, they've had many many players selected in this in the, by the CWHL. I mean, you go back, you look at Rebecca Vint and Kristen Richards, but when you look at the these three selections, Britt Howard, of course, she was the, uh, she's going to be the number, you know, the top two rounds, no matter where she was being selected. Uh, but mm-hmm. then, then you look at somebody like Elijah Milne-Price. Now, people who haven't really paid attention or gotten to know the women's team, Elijah Milne Price was the third goaltender on this squad for three of her four seasons there. She was behind uh, Jessica Dodds for three of those seasons, and Lauren Bailey was, you know, I won't say she was the third goalie. She definitely played, you know, she was the emergency goalie for the most part, but in this last season, she set some numbers, and she, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. I talked to spoke volumes of her, and I mean, that's that's a good story right there to be able to see her go and get selected by Markham. Yeah, and, you know, I think that uh, the thing with her, you know, is hard work definitely pays off. You know, uh, when I was there as the equipment manager, I was watching practices and optional practices and stuff, and EJ was always out there taking shots and, you know, just working on her game. And I think, you know, that you really saw that payoff in that senior year when she got that chance to play and ran with it, and now it's carrying over to the pro level, which is great to see. Yeah, you don't get to see that at often, you know, but you take your opportunities. You have to take that shot, and that's one thing that you know, as a you know, younger players have to notice. You you may only get that one shot to be able to show what you can do, and it, <laughs> I believe she started her career, if I could remember correctly, it was like eight and zero over you know, and that was including the two games that she played prior to her senior season. And I mean, she didn't get many, so she got her first start uh, in her junior year. So. It, and that was a shutout, I believe. It was a, a shutout or a one goal against. And that you know, you got to learn. You take that opportunity, and you got to run with it whenever you get those chances. Yeah, I'm actually looking at her stats right now. It looks like her first career loss came in, I guess, what was her, I believe, twelfth start, which is outstanding. <laughs> it, it's an absolutely ridiculous number when you look at it. And yeah, I mean that that's this is how the hard work pays off. You have to, you know, you you grind and you put that extra time in. You put the time in in practice. You may not, you know, she didn't get as many reps in game play as, you know, you saw Lauren uh, Lauren Bailey or Jessica Dodds over her first three years that she was there. But in that fourth year, they just ran. They gave her the opening night start, and I will be honest with you, I was at the uh, Cavelli Center in Youngstown covering the Phantoms, and mm-hmm. I was shocked. I I honestly was like. That is that's just hard work paying off, and and then whenever she actually put up the numbers that she put up, that was good for her. And um, once again, like like I was saying, was there stuff that you saw as the equipment manager? You know, just paying attention to the team a little bit. You know, how people reacted around her. You know, how people you know worked with her on that. Um, well, I think first off, you could tell you know everyone on the team 
loved her, you know, great teammate. Um, you know, I think it could be easy as someone who doesn't get to playing games much to sort of be like a, um, a negative presence on the team, but she was the complete opposite, you know, always there supporting the team and practicing, giving it her all, you know, always fun seeing, you know, when they're doing like breakaways and stuff at the end of practice, like, you know, you, you can tell, you could tell then, you know, that she had it in her to, you know, produce at a high level. And, you know, it was nice to finally see that pay off. All right. We're going to flip it to the opposite side. Somebody that was, uh, give helping out EJ with those great numbers this season. Natalie Frazier taking, I believe, in what the seventh or eighth round. I want to say, was it later? But she was def- she was selected by the Calgary Inferno, and this is one that took me off off guard because she's a great talent. She is she has some intangibles that you normally don't see in women's hockey. Like she's she is she is fierce and she is competitive, and she loves to jump up into the play. And mm-hmm. that jumped off the sheet because you look in her first, her first year she oh, sorry her second year she didn't play as much. That's whenever I started covering the team, she wasn't playing as often out there. I didn't see her out. You know she wasn't out to get too much ice time. And then that second and third year paired up with Leah Carey, they definitely were showing what they can do out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think. Uh, that's the type of thing, you know, she started to get her reps and really settle in on defense. Um, and I think that from a team, you know, from a pro level, like you mentioned, she likes to jump into the play. She's not afraid to, you know, she's not going to back down from anyone. So um, as someone looking for players for the next level, like those are things I would look for. But also I think, um, you know, this can just be a credit of being on a team that won so many games, you know, when you're a member of that team and uh, you're a winner, that's something that stands out to anyone. Well, it can't hurt whenever you score a game winner with 0.5 seconds left on the clock to keep your team in yeah, that, uh, during a 10-game road trip to keep the momentum going for your team. That that can't hurt at all. Yeah, yeah. And if you, uh, I was reading the article that Matt Popchock wrote about the three of them getting drafted, and you mentioned some of her big goals that she scored. You know, I think her first career goal was like a uh, – let me see if I can find it here. Um her first career goal was an overtime winner. Um, she scored a big goal to tie Colgate late when they were number four over all this past season. So, I mean, that's just, when you can come up in the clutch like that, that's, you know, something that'll stand out. And that's the things that she's like, she enjoys that. Like, I remember hearing, you know, after talking with her afterwards, she would, she just enjoyed that. And then I remember, I can't remember the game it was actually in, but she had actually scored and it was called back for some reason or another, it was an off, a bad offside call or something had happened back of the play, but they had waved off the goal, and she was furious. Like she <laughs> so highly competitive, and she knows she she knows what she needs to do. And I think you know that's the kind of spirit that you want on a player when you're looking professional, and that that's what they're building. You know, Logan and Paul and Chelsea are building out there on the island. Yep, absolutely. I think, you know, that's one thing that's really been stressed is team culture and, you know, the right way to play. And I think, you know, you see that with all these players that they're just turning out and playing these high levels, playing at development camps for Team Canada, playing in the CWHL, um, you know, it's a testament to what they've put in place there. Yeah. And then you think about that, and we can, we can go on and on and on and on about, you know, Brittany Howard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just a, that's a book in its own. That's a whole volume of books. That that story is still being written, and you know, that's something that you, we all expect. The Toronto Furies, of course, signed her before the draft, got her taken care of before they drafted her, were able to draft, and that's kudos to her. She gets to play around close to home, and definitely something that's going to help her out in the future. You know, five years yeah. at Robert Morris, one of an injury, but go ahead. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to see what she does at that next level. You know, like we we all saw her light up the CHA and the NCAA, you know, Division I Women's Hockey League. And now we saw her going to that development camp and what she scored like five goals in the one scrimmage versus Japan. Like, you know, it, it what's, what's that next level going to be for her? It's so exciting to find that, out, you know. That's what, see I, that now for Toronto. that's what I was saying. You know, they, they misspelled the, the graphic in Toronto, but it was actually funny. I'm like, they're going to have another chance to actually 
take that and fix that because it's not going to, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're going to have plenty of opportunity to fix that on the score sheet. And, like, I like that dynamic. I mean, she was really close with, I believe, EJ. So seeing them on opposite teams, that's going to be a game that's almost going to have to be, you know, as long as EJ's starting in that game, that will be an interesting matchup right there. That, that you know, like, I'll try to pay attention and, and listen to that one. Oh, yeah, that, that one will definitely be worth the price of admission. Yeah, because, I mean, as close as those two, as I could tell, were, it, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch when or listen to or however I'm able to get a hold of that one. I'll take care of that. And, of course, Nat out there, I'm going to be checking out a couple of those games too. They're uh, definitely all well-deserving, and that whole class was definitely well-deserving of everything that they, they earned while they were there. And it's good to see it. Yeah multiple players from that class being able to move on and do awesome things after they've left Robert Morris. Um, Andrew, what do you got for us coming up? Uh, So I've uh, got in touch with the three uh, Colonials that you mentioned earlier that Mm -hmm. went to the Team Canada Development Camp. So J.C. Gebhardt, Brittany Howard, and Kirsten Walsh. Uh, Well, Kirsten Walsh was more through you from the podcast, but you talked to her a lot on there, which uh, definitely give that a listen if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so the three went, then went to camp, and I actually have an article coming up of sort of their experiences, some of their takeaways, some of the things they noticed, and, you know, what what it means to them to be at that camp and representing, you know, the country, and also what it means for Robert Morris, you know, uh, reaching that level. So it's, it was exciting to hear about their experiences, and uh, hope you all enjoy it. Yes, of course. So we always enjoy what you bring because, I mean, if you haven't read any of what what Andy brings to the table, it's uh, he has some really good features for the for Pittsburgh Hockey Digest, and we are absolutely thrilled to have him coming on for a second season. If you need to, you want to check out Andy, you can find him on Twitter at arwisneski, and all of his articles can be found on Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. You can find him under the contributors tab under Andrew Wisniewski. Andy, thank you for coming on with me and discussing you know, this monumental weekend, a great weekend for us. And I look forward to talking to you all season. I know you're, you're really interested in doing a lot of stuff like this. So um, let's hope that we keep continuing to bring Berg hockey to everybody. Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mitch. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, sir. Yeah. I'm working on I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. We're going to come out of that into I'm Upset. Now, it's not going to have anything to do with women's hockey. It's going to have things to do with this doing this project and this Pittsburgh Hockey Digest and things that I have learned over the years and how things have worked. And I, I think as a... And I, I don't like to use the term journalist for myself because there are people out there that I've worked with and there are people that deserve that title because they have actually gone out there and they have worked their butts off and they wanted to be able to become these, you know, this is what they love to do. This is what they, and I'm just a guy who gets on a microphone and talks to you. I might not even be great at it. I might not be good at it. You might hate exactly everything I have to say and I'm fine with that. But I guess the thing that upsets me most about going through this process is when I have to make a decision based on timing. And you look at these teams. Like, I had a conversation with a gentleman. It was on Twitter. And I think he understood it, but I had a run-in last year of a similar map. And it was based on the fact that people feel like maybe we're leaning one way or, or another. And... It's tough to say. I would love to to be three of me in this in this venture, and the sheer fact is that it's not. When we got into year one, we wanted to be able to say we're going to bring you a product, and we knew we weren't going to be able to do anything. So if we could improve our product from year one to year two exponentially, that was a goal, and that's something that we really wanted to work on, and we, I think we accomplished that year one to year two. I think everybody out there appreciated what we did. I went crazy in the rink. I was out playing, kept watching hockey five, six, seven nights a week at one point. There was one point that Alan told me to stay home because he was concerned for my health. I was watching so much hockey and I was burning myself out. I take 
the time off right after the final tournament of the season, usually the PIHL, maybe get a couple other games involved there. But I take that time off and I put my computer away. I don't even look at hockey for about two months. And then I start writing a couple stories, and I call that my off season. It's nothing to do with you, nothing against you guys. I think you guys deserve the coverage, but if I continued that through the summer, I'd kill myself. I'm a DJ on the side. I got a lot of business during the summer. That's my busy season starts up around the time. I do I host trivia three nights a week, so and that's something I'm gonna have to balance this year coming forward. But that's beside the point. The big thing is that I'm upset whenever people want to not directly infer, but consider that we aren't covering equally amongst the teams. I, I understand we have multiple midget major teams. I understand we have multiple high school teams. I mean, there's 62 PIHL teams out there. And the thing that upsets me the most is I can't get to them all. And there's going to be da- there's going to be teams that I'm not going to be able to see. There are going to be players that we're going to miss. I'm going to miss. You're going to not be able to hear about. And that, that's not what I want. I want to try to get to as many as possible, but what it's going to require is we're going to have to spread it out a little bit. I mean, like I referred to last time, I'm taking a little bit of time off of the men's side, the P, uh, of course, on, from Robert Morris, to be able to spend some more time with these other teams. And that wasn't something to knock on Robert Morris' men's side. That was me making a decision to bring you a better coverage. What we're doing this season, of course, we lost a very, very, very great photographer we had last year in Jen Hoffman. We do wish her the best. She it was awesome, everything she did. And she had her reasons, and we appreciate everything. Like I said, thank you, Jen, if you're listening out there. We do appreciate everything you did, and you're always welcome to come back. We understand everybody's creativity goes different ways. So you go ahead. If you want to come back, you're more than welcome to come back to us. That's not a plea for you to come back, but that's also like just saying that you're available to come back if you want to. And... We're going to be bringing in Gary Heeman this year, and we actually got a, a little bit of help from Sue Heeman. His wife is going to take a look over some camera work for us this year, and we're going to try to see if we can get a couple uh, extra photographers on board to learn some of the stuff. We have a, quite a few additional people coming on to work with the high school side. We've brought in some other people to try to spread this out a little bit, give you some more coverage so that you don't have to worry about it. Like last year, we had Glenn Himes go to the couple games for us. Mike Darnay did some work for us in the postseason, and I appreciate that more than anything that these guys were able to come out and help us out. And I'm, of course, I believe I'm going to get Michaela Lowwater back before and after preseason of the uh, Robert Morris women for pre- and post-game. I'm going to stay on that beat as long as I can. And I, I think what I'm most upset about is the fact that I can't be everywhere and I'm trying to bring you the best coverage possible of this hockey and that's why I wanted to take over the podcast by myself because this is my chance to reach out to you and try to connect with you on this Berg hockey thing that we're trying to do and it upsets me whenever we have people call us out and want to think that we're just focusing on say Penn's Elite or we're just focusing on Robert Morris or we're just focusing on this that or the other thing like I'm basically women's hockey centric. I mean, that's how I was brought up, but my whole theory stood true from the entire thing. The only reason that I was so interested in covering the women's hockey team is because there was nobody else doing it. And it was a great outlet for me to be able to be creative and be able to do things and get to know a team on a more personal level. And whenever I got in there and I got, you know, I got a little bit of respect from player, you know, the players, the families, the coaches, that's one thing I tried to build on and get the know so that whenever I moved on to doing midget major in high school and everything, I was I had that level. And I think that's what I try to bring on to the other pl- people that come and help us out. And we want to bring you that Berg hockey thing. And we don't want to be known as, oh, we're only covering Robert Morris or the Penn's Elite. Or, you know, we even did a little bit of Naylor stuff because we had Will King last year playing on the island, of course, the great story that came out mid-season last year on it. And we want to bring you the best hockey coverage available. And it's gonna, it's a tough decision for me to step away from the men's side. Um, that is something that I did not take lightly, and I'm going to be around. I'm just not going to be around every game like I was or every most majority of the games like I was last year. I'm going to be around for basically all the women's games this year, the ones that I can make because, you know, they have those afternoon games on Friday. It's a little bit tougher for me to get there for that. But 
there are definitely going to be games that I'm going to be at, and some I'll miss. I'll actually, a lot of them I'll miss. But once we get interested in what's going on and we get ingrained in the situations, we're going to start picking up different st- different types of hockey. We're going to different levels. Um, I'm already getting excited about, like I said, S-Mark, I want to come and see you. I want to take care of you. I want to be able to come out and see and say, you know, these players are great. You know, you, you guys have brought a lot to the table over the years when it comes to hockey, and I want to be there for that. I mean, I do not want to be known as a one-trick pony here. That's what upsets me the most is I want to be able to cover you guys. I want to be able to make you guys part of this Berg hockey family, and I don't think I'm – I failed on that last year, but I think it was more of a we just didn't have the time or the manpower thing, and I think we're working on that as we continue to grow. And definitely want to bring you more from that, S-Mark. I want to bring you more from the Pittsburgh Predators. I want to bring you more Chatham men – Chatham women. I mean, I wasn't trying to stay centric on any of them. That wasn't the intention of this entire process. The process was to get our feet wet, figure out what we can cover, how to cover it the way that you guys want to hear it, and that's where I'm at with it. Nothing more, nothing less. I want you guys to have the best Pittsburgh hockey coverage out there. You know, I mean, you're going to have the Penguins. You're always going to have the NHL's team. I mean, that is our team. And I had a discussion with this the other day. And the Penguins are the exact reason why this is all going on. I mean, if you if we don't need a f- refresher course, 2004, 2005, 2006, basically everybody was up in arms about, is this team even going to stay here? Just remember that. This team was for sale. We don't know if they're going to stay in Pittsburgh. We don't know if we're going to get a new arena. All this stuff. Now you look at it, and I'm looking through these midget major teams, and I'm looking through the developmental systems that they have in place inside their own midget major programs. And you're looking at multiple, I'm talking at least three, four, maybe five different teams of U14s, five different 2005s, five different 2006s, four different 2007s, eights. We're talking, you're building up your developmental system with these kids that want to play hockey. And that's because the Pittsburgh Penguins created an atmosphere and a love for this sport. And that is why we're doing it. That is to make sure that those kids have some place that they can be showcased on. They can be talked about for years to come. And really, if you look at it, yes, we have a lot of the coverage. And we're, we're probably not going to go much less than U16s when we talk to these midget majors. But... That's because we're now within that four-year window of them moving on to juniors and then to collegiate and then possibly professional. And a lot can happen from your 15-year to your 19-year. And we have to place for that. And that's why I want to get out there and get you know get you some pictures, show you that this hockey is being played. you know. And that's the type of stuff that I'm trying to bring to the table with this I'm upset, Pittsburgh Hockey Digest rant. I just want you guys to know where my heart is in this, and I appreciate every single person that has given us a listen that gives us an opportunity to bring you that hockey every week. And as this podcast is going to happen every week, and I'm going to bring you the updates from the high schools. I'm going to bring you updates from midget majors. I'm going to bring you updates from collegiate. It's going to be an hour, maybe an hour and a half. If I feel like it, it's going to go two hours. I'm not going to lie to you. I will talk hockey until it's not able to be talked anymore. And that is going to be impossible for me because if you can't tell from this, I'm all in on this this season. And I am quite upset. And with that being said, we will end this podcast for August 29th to 2018. We're getting ready for that St. Margaret's tournament. Midget majors are already starting AAA. That definitely excited. It is hockey season coming up on us. Coming up next week, we're going to have a PIHL preview show. We're going to talk about the new conferences, the big games in the divisions. We're going to bring you all the new the news, the updates, everything that we can bring you within the week. Make sure you pay attention to the site. You're going to get Andy Wisniewski talking all about the women's developmental camp from Canada. 
Um, I'm going to touch a little bit on Penguins Elite Girls next week, and I want to try to get to the S-Mark Star, Stars Girls if I can get the information and enough time on that. And next week we will have a Wednesday show for you. It's going to be the preview of the St. Margaret's Tournament, the PIHL lineup, and everything uh, next week. And we're going to talk about the USA Developmental Girls too. I think that's something that I wanted to touch on. We had two from the Penguins Elite make that that U18 game against Summit game against Canada. So I want to talk about those two. And then the third one, of course, I mean, you're talking about three girls who are going to the top three teams in women's hockey collegiately. So definitely going to be something that you're going to want to listen to next week for Andrew Wisniewski. Special thank you to, of course, Wyatt George, J.C. Bell, Mr. Cooley, Riley Cooley, of course, came on to the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite for Pittsburgh Predators for letting me stop by the rink this week. Check them out. Of course, I didn't get a chance to talk about the fact that I stopped by the Pittsburgh Penguins Elite girls from 14 to 19. 14, 16, and 19 all out of practice. I stopped by, checked them out, and saw how the squads looked for this season. Um, special thanks to Ashley Veshi uh, and Sluggo for letting me stop by the rink for that. Um, for all of that, I will talk to you next week. I am Brian Mitchell, Twitter at PhD Mitch. Check us out online, berghockey.com. Until next time, I will see you in the rink. Take care, guys. <laughs>